This is Audio Galleries. Conversations. Connecting collectors and art enthusiasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome, GMGM. Welcome from Met Amsterdam in Amsterdam, where I am currently hosting this spaces from the Rug Radio stand in a beautiful old gas tower in the middle of Amsterdam. It's absolutely stunning, the building. There are people left and right going around looking at all kinds of beautiful art installations, chatting with people about the metaverse and about really immersive art experience. There are gallery tours going on a little later on today. It has been a wonderful couple of days. I am super, super excited alongside all of the other interviews I've been doing, which is why my throat sounds a little less <coughs> clear, to also be interviewing an incredible artist. So very quickly, welcome to episode 24 of Audio Galleries, a Rug Radio production. Wow, 24, two dozen, and the penultimate episode of Series 1. Wowee, how time flies. I am Benjamin White at Hello Ben White, your host, bringing you more art, more inspiration to create, joined by my lovely, wonderful colleague Sigrid, who is here with me today in Amsterdam. Hey, Sigrid. Uh, she is managing the Audio Galleries account and waving to you all. The previous 23 episodes of Audio Galleries are now podcast episodes available on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Go check them out. Very quick disclaimer, as ever, this isn't financial advice and you should always stay safe in Web3 and it's a recorded spaces. So if you come up and speak, just be prepared for, you know, it to be recorded and live in perpetuity on the servers in you know, Spotify's warehouses somewhere. I don't know. Anyway, also, keep it interactive. Request to join us if you want. If you've got insightful things to say and you want to ask Perrin as we go on, and also just, if, yeah, you know, if you want to come up and contribute, raise a hand, be kind, be respectful. Episode 23 with Jimena last week was just beautiful. The conversation, the artwork, Jimena generally, new punk holder, by the way, congrats, Jimena, if you come on to listen to this. Incredible. So thanks everyone who joined us in minting her work. Uh, share of revenue for artists now well over $250,000. Absolutely amazing. Like we are on the precipice of $300,000, which I think we'll hit before the end of the series, which is just, you know, incredible, incredible support during what is a very challenging market. Very, very quick context. Audio Galleries, art-focused Web3 project, working to com connect you the collectors, the community with incredible artists. The show features an artist each week or each episode, should I say, who has a wonderful story to tell and creates stunning art, makes it available on the blockchain. I interview them, we learn more about their style and their inspiration and their process and their previous works and their future plans. And during the show, we launch an open edition mint with our friends OpenSea. Hello, Sabrina, behind the OpenSea account. You can just do a little emoji wave or a heart. Lovely, nice to see you. And we make this piece to available to purchase at really like accessible rates. That's the whole plan. Audio Galleries Mint Pass holders who mint this piece are then also rewarded because they have their Audio Galleries Mint Pass in the same wallet with an airdrop from the same artist later the following week, which is always fun. We airdropped Jimena's second piece last week. Um, the two look wonderful together, so thank you for that. For more information, follow Audio Galleries here on X, go to Discord, subscribe to the newsletter, all that stuff. Our artist today is Perrin. 
Um, and Perrin is a multidisciplinary artist drawing inspiration from her diverse background in art, engineering, and graphic design. I love how those three things come together. That's amazing. Her multicultural life further enriches her creative perspective. She's renowned for her minimal art with a special emphasis on like one line creations, mostly created using her ambidextrous skills, which kind of blow my mind when I see them in action. Perrin's unique abilities extend to, I'm gonna try and say this correctly, synesthesia, I think I've got that wrong, but hey, which enables her to visualize her surroundings through sensory experiences such as music and voices. I can't wait to understand a bit more about that. In her art, she adeptly explores the interplay of negative space and simplicity to convey intricate emotions and ideas. I love her work, as do many people in the space. It is our absolute pleasure to welcome Perrin to the Audio Galleries stage. Hey, Perrin, how are you doing? Hello. Hey. Wow. Hi. So, so excited Oh, to well, be it's here. so, lo nice it's so lovely to speak to you. I actually think this might be the first time we've spoken to in person. I think we've, we've messaged a lot, but never spoken. So it's really nice to hear your voice and to connect with you. How are you doing? Yes, this is the very first time that we're talking to each other in person, um, digitally, <laughs> in metaverse. It's amazing to have <laughs> but, you with us. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It's such a joy to be here. Uh, working on this collection uh, has been really, really special to me for so many reasons that I can't wait to share them with you all. But thank you so much for oh, having that's me. Lovely. It's such an honor and pleasure well, to be Well, it's our here. pleasure. And it's also via the introduction that was made by our good friends, uh, Tamika and Miss Maya from Time Pieces. Hey, Tamika, I think you are behind the account there. How's it going? I am. I'm good. And I'm really, really happy to hear from you today, Perrin. Yeah, it's so nice to hear from her. And is, am I right? I think Miss Maya always says this, that Perrin has been a part of every single drop activation that Time Pieces has done from conception. Yes, she is very much the Time Pieces-like poster child. Uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is incredible to see her work for audio galleries today. Yeah, really, really excited. Um, I know that you guys uh, at Time Pieces have very kindly agreed to move time hall this week because of this show and the timing clashes and the fact that we're in amsterdam in an exhibition hall so i really appreciate that and at the end towards the end of this show let's jump into a bit of time hall let's get some updates and understand what's going there uh, just so everybody knows that they are welcome to still you know participate in time hall to an extent okay 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 where to begin where to begin how are you first Perrin? you well are you enjoying uh, oh by the way like best halloween costume goes to Perrin. <laughs> thank you so much i can't stop laughing when we talk about uh, the halloween costume uh, uh, i'm obsessed <laughs> with et since i was three so many things that i've done in my life uh, was inspired by et so you know, wearing E.T. as a Halloween costume was the best thing. <laughs> well, it is. Uh, I, I could not stop laughing, particularly at you dancing as E.T. That was, I was gone. That was me. E.T. in a spacesuit on a dance floor. I loved it. It was brilliant. But let's get into it. Okay, look, you're a busy artist. We've watched you continue to create during a difficult market. Can you talk to us about your journey as an artist, perhaps like pre and into Web3? Give us the, give us the introduction to Perrin and her work in your own words. Sure. Uh, yeah, as you said, I've been creating continuously, but it doesn't limit to NFT space. It started since I was three years old. 
Um, I was three. My art journey started from the walls of my childhood bedroom. Um, and despite so many parents that they usually don't allow their kids to, you know, explore their creativity, especially in the house, my parents have been really supportive. In particular, my dad has been extremely supportive and he saw something different in me when it comes to drawing. So drawing has been a part of my life since I remember. Almost every single day, I had to draw something because it was the way for me to talk to the world. I was a very, I have been always a very extrovert person, but I also have this introverted side as well that not too many people know about me. So, so many messages that I want to usually communicate with people come through my drawings. Way before the NFT space, um, I used to be an engineer. So I actually studied at uh, this very special school back in Iran, in Tehran, that they choose like only 60 students um, out of like 1 million per year to train them to be like really successful engineers, in particular like mechanical engineer or special engineer or robotic engineer. And I wanted to be a robotic engineer. So I studied that at high school, but something was always there with me, which was like um, art. Art has always been with me. And when I was 18, I made a decision to study art at the university. Still, my parents were quite supportive as well. They wanted, to, they wanted me to be an engineer. And because I loved engineering as well, I had like really good understanding of math, physics, all that. But there was something telling me art is my life. Like art was what I wanted to do all my life. Um, so I studied fine art. Um, I explored all sort of mediums acrylics, paintings, not too many people actually in this space know that I come from this background of fine art as well. So um, I painted every day. Again, drawing has always been with me. But again, when I was like 22, I wanted to study engineering. So I moved to Italy and uh, learned um, to, you know, uh, <laughs> live in a different world because Iran, Middle East is quite different from like Europe or the rest of the Western world. So that brought a lot more colors to my life and to my journey. Uh, I studied industrial engineering. So again, I was back to engineering, but art has always been there. And as a job, I worked as a graphic designer, art director, and a little bit industrial design as well for so many years. Right before the NFT space, um, three and a half years ago, uh, I was fed up with my graphic design jobs. I, I actually lived in Amsterdam for four years as well. So it's very special for me to speak to you while you are in Amsterdam. Amsterdam for me, I always count it as my second home. Uh, I lived in Italy for so many years, but Amsterdam, I feel like it's my home and then it's Italy, if that makes sense. But um, I was there. Um, I, I loved graphic design and art direction. I've worked with so many brands, BMW, Mercedes, uh, Philips, so many brands as their um, like graphic designer, art director, and advertisement. But again, it wasn't fully art. I wanted to be this free artist who just creates art, um, like paintings and drawings, and just you know work on that without having any client, if that makes sense. So before the NFT space, I founded my own studio to um, get a lot of cool projects to help people um, revive their businesses in particular and help them in branding. And that helped me 
to understand I didn't want to be an employee anymore. And right after NFTs started. So that was the whole journey. I tried to like make it as short as possible, but I learned a lot in every single job that I took in every single country that I lived, like all these backgrounds, they helped me to be where I am. And funny enough, NFT is NFT space in um, general is the best space to use all these different skills that I learned through all these years. I love it. That's an, an awesome introduction to you, Purin. I had no idea about 90% of that. A couple of observations I made. One is I've been speaking to lots of content creators today at MetAmps uh, in Amsterdam. We have been, I've been interviewing them. I've been asking them about like what, why they came into the space and what what their intention is here. And so many of them said the same thing as you, which is I am an extrovert, but it takes like all of my core. And then once I'm done, like I'm then, I need to go back into my shell. I need to be introverted for a little while, recharge and then come back out. And it's really fascinating, isn't it? Because so many people in the space kind of share that, I guess that approach to, to life and to creation the, the need to be around people and share what they're doing, but also that need to kind of take introspective, like to kind of collect your thoughts. Um, sorry, they've just finished. Jeff Staple and Steffi Fung have just finished on the other stage. So they're playing a bit of music. Um, but yeah, I, I find that really fascinating. Another thing you said is about how this space is just awesome for being able to like take all of what you've learned and apply it. And so, you know, I, I think that's amazing. And it's really, really like apparent um, for for many people within the space. I'm curious to know then, before we get into like the technical capability and the technical know-how and your process, like your your style, tell me a little bit more about like your inspiration. Tell me about the art scene where you're from or that you grew up around or that you surround yourself with now. Tell me what inspires you to create and to, you know, to, to be artistic. Sure. Um, so as... Probably many of you know, um, I come from Iran, which is in the Middle East, and it's one of the most beautiful countries that I've ever lived in or been to. It's not because I'm Iranian, but I think people around the world know that. It's a very cultural, culturally rich country. Culture, art is, in Iran, it comes from like 30,000 years ago. So many beautiful historical places are there. And... Um, I feel like almost all Iranians that I know, they are kind of, they're artists because we grew up in a very culturally rich environment. So no matter what I wanted to do, art has always been a part of me. And apart from that, my parents, they really educated me in art as well. They both come from architecture background. So uh, art and architecture has always been a part of our life. Um, and my love to art began when I was a really little kid because I wanted to illustrate things that usually maybe people don't see in this world. I loved aliens. People know that. Like, I love E.T. aliens, all that. And apart from that, not only like aliens itself that we don't maybe see them, but like the worlds that are more fantasy worlds. So my illustrations started more with fantasy, with comic strip, cartoons, uh, as a kid and I also surrounded myself by uh, so many like-minded artists since I remember since I was a kid 
And that helped me a lot to be, again, where I am right now. And apart from that, apart from like being able to be surrounded by incredible artists as a kid, um, I'm always fascinated by people, by people's stories, especially when I travel, every single city that I travel to, their behavior, like people's behaviors change, faces, um, everything changes like in every single culture. So my inspiration mainly comes from my surroundings. Uh, as a kid, it was more like uh, fantasy worlds, but now is more my surroundings, the people that I see every day, and also the emotions that I personally go through in every single phase of my life. So it either comes within, like from my si- uh, myself, or from my surroundings, and also music because of synesthesia that you just mentioned. Music has always been a big part as well for me, a big part of my uh, creation journey as well. Thank you. And do you mind going into a bit more detail around that synesthesia? I'm sure many people, myself kind of included, I'd love a, a definition of that from someone who, you know, works with it. Do you know what I mean? Sure. I would love to talk about it because uh, I recently I discovered not too many people experience that. For me, it started, uh, again, as a, as a child, as a kid. I remember those early days that I learned numbers or letters. Every single number for me um, it connects to a specific color. So, for example, number two is always blue, three is always red, four is always green. And also letters the same. Like P has always been green. K is like light green. Like these are the things that um, I thought as a, as a kid, I thought everyone experiences the same thing. And I kept talking about that at the school to my friends. Oh, your name is like blue and red and white and transparent, for example. And no one could understand what I was talking about. So it started with the letters and numbers first. And then I realized every time that I listened to music, it also brings a lot of not only colors, but also shapes to my mind. Like every note that I hear or every melody in general, it gives me a lot of sh- shapes. Like it can be rectangle, it can be a circle, it can be a, a very sharp edges. And then also they might have colors associated with those shapes. Again, for so many years, I thought every single person experienced that. Till only uh, <laughs> two years ago, my very dear friend, Jake Andrew, he's now here as well in the audience. I was hearing him speaking about synesthesia on Clubhouse. And I just learned, oh my God, I'm not the only person who experienced that. There is another artist as well who experienced that. And I learned about the word synesthesia. I had no idea about it before two years ago that it actually has a word. It's a condition of maybe less than 5% of the people in the world that they experienced that. And it has so many different categories. It's not only with colors and music or with um, shapes, for example, and numbers. It can be taste. So some people's voices for me have different smells and tastes. And many people kind of, um, they mix it with the auras around people. And I'm not sure if it's the same or not, but the colors that I don't really like that come from some voices I can't really, like, I can't like that person, if that makes sense. Like, there are just few people that I've met in all my life that their voice brings a color that it's a little bit weird for me. 
And I can't really communicate with those people. They have very negative energy for me. So it's wow. a really interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, I'm going to level with you. I didn't know it existed until you just explained it. And and <laughs> and I'm not one of those people, clearly. I've, I've a million questions like, does everyone who experiences it have the same colors or the same smells or the same tastes for the same letters like if you sat in a room with a bunch of people and being like okay listen to this person now let's draw the shape or let's talk about the color like have you have you tried to like like level into it a little bit more it's actually one of my most favorite activities to do with my friends who have synesthesia two of them are in the audience hi jake hi monster mike both of them have synesthesia and it's so funny because uh with monster mike a couple of days ago we had this fight i was like no two is blue and he was like no two is red and i was like no no it's blue <laughs> so it's right. really funny so yeah, everyone has he... a different take totally. so you experience the same thing but you apply completely different like colors smells tastes energies to different letters words voices whatever yes exactly and also with uh music it's interesting because actually a year and a half ago uh time pieces at a gathering, at a brunch, doing everything by sea. And Jake and I, we created a piece together live. So it was a live painting there with the same music. So we, had, we created a playlist. We played that playlist. And colors that Jake used were completely different from what I used. So like same music, same time, same surrounding. But I saw lines which were very different from Jake's uh, painting. But we actually worked on the same canvas, and the result was amazing. So two people with synesthesia saw completely different stories and shapes and colors, and like it was, it was not the same at all. I love that. I love. I this kind of stuff fascinates me, and I think it's really important that, like, through audio galleries, we're able to have conversations with different artists that experience the world differently and create, and their practice is just based on such different activity. And it's wonderful to speak with you and have such a unique uh, conversation about what it means to create and how you create. I, I'm let's let's dive then a little bit more into your technique. Perrin, because I am always transfixed when I see you with a pen in each hand, single lining something where I just think, well, this looks like a whole bunch of scribble. And then we zoom out and it's like, holy moly, this is this is incredible, like what you've been able to see. And I I sometimes try and look at your face while I'm watching you do it. And I'm thinking, uh, I wonder how much of it you are aware of or how like if you become in this like flow state where it just happens, I'm so intrigued by your process because your artwork is on its own, unique, wonderful, and so consistent. And so I'm just like, give me a bit more information. How do you do what you do? First of all, thank you so much for your kind words. <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate you. Um, so how line drawing started at the beginning, I'm, I, I will go definitely to two hands drawing later, but how line drawing started for me was uh, so many years ago, again, before I was at a university, um, I used to go to a lot of art classes to draw people's faces and bodies. And um, everybody used to draw them very realistically, like the real life drawing, figurative drawing. And for me, it was a little bit different. I wanted to always exaggerate certain parts of the body. And... Um, that line drawing that I started using, only one single line drawing, allowed me 
not to control the outcome that much. And I wanted that. I wanted to draw something imperfect. I didn't want to have like perfection in my drawings at all. So line drawing started um, when I was like 17 years old. Uh, and I always had my sketchbook with me. Um, that was even my, my, my father took a photo of me at a wedding that I have my sketchbook in my hand. Like I always had it. And um, I was drawing these line, lines because I wanted to challenge myself as well. And I didn't want to lift my pen. It was a challenge. It was a game for me to make something beautiful yet imperfect with one single line. So it started many, many years ago. And a few years after that, um, it was one day that, well, because of two reasons I started using my left hand. One was because of drawing so much every day, my right wrist started being a little bit painful. And uh, I had to finish uh, a commission. And I was thinking about what if I use my left hand for that? So the first time it started like that, and I loved what I did with the left hand because I could not really control the lines well. And the result was way more beautiful than my usual drawings that I make with my right hand. It was really imperfect, but at the same time, perfect. <laughs> so uh, that helped me to think about adding my left hand as, as another tool to what I create. And also, the second reason was I usually think that human beings in general do not really use their brain. Even like the most smartest person in the world maybe use their like 5% of the whole brain. Like the whole, I always feel like we can do a lot more than what we do with our brains. And we keep just thinking, oh, we're, you know, we, we study, we read books, but that's not all. And learning languages always helped me to open a new window to like an unknown and to like learn more about my capabilities as a person. And apart from languages, I felt like all these years, like for 17, 18 years, I never used my left hand. So let's start doing that. And honestly, since I started using my left hand in particular in my drawings, I feel like I see the world differently. I feel like something has been activated in my brain that was not activated before. And obviously, uh, five, six years ago, it became something very normal for me to use both hands. And I do a lot of drawings only with my left hand. But mainly it's because of um, bringing another challenge to my life to be able to make it perfect. It was really hard at the beginning, but then it became my daily routine. And also, again, um, it's very meditative for me as well. So, yeah. <laughs> It's so incredible to learn about your process. I can't, I, I could, I have got so many more questions. But before we do that, I have some awesome news. And the news is, I'm going to play my jingle. Artist Edition is live. And that means, everybody, that if you go to OpenSea right now, uh, I think it is going on the homepage it momentarily, but if you currently go to Drops uh, and you will find Perrin's wonderful uh, collection, uh, which is titled Being, and it's made up of two beautiful artworks. Um, and the artworks are called Creation, which you get the opportunity to mint today, and then Recreation. And people who have Creation and hold it and also hold an Audio Gallery's Mint Pass in their wallet will be airdropped recreation next week. 
Um, goodness me, someone's being very loud next door. I'm very sorry about that noise. Uh, the piece is available for the next 72 hours. It is 0.023 Ethereum per piece. I'm delighted to say that 47 of them have already been minted. Wonderful news. Perrin, congratulations. This is awesome stuff. They're such stunning artworks. Let's like let's continue the conversation immediately on then from uh, from your process into these pieces specifically. Can you tell us about the inspiration behind them and a little bit about what we can see and how we can see it? Sure. Um, so in this collection, um, wow, I get so emotional when I think about this collection because it's very special to me. Um, all these years, as I talked a little bit about my journey when we started the space, I traveled a lot to live in different countries to find my to find myself, to find like what I wanted to be or where is the best place for me to live in and to learn constantly. And uh, a couple of months ago, I just sat down a day and I was like, okay, you traveled all around the world. You left your family like 13 years ago. You learned a lot of things. What do you want to be? And I had one of those days that, you know, like I felt like I was reborn again. And I felt like I, um, I found a lot of answers and I realized so many facets or phases that I went through made me who I, who I was. And uh, this collection reflects these thoughts of when a person, like when a baby is not born yet, um, the baby is in a really dark place for nine months, but also it's a very safe place. The personality of that baby is not shaped well yet. Uh, and it's like a blank canvas that as soon as the baby is born, creation of that canvas begins according to the environment, family, DNA, genes, all different things. And then over years, over the experiences that that baby or that per person uh, achieves, different facets are, are added to one another till that person goes out from this world or like disappears in my opinion. So um, these two pieces, the first one, which is creation, talks about this baby who is having, um, having a very beautiful life for nine months without really understanding where that baby is and where, where sure he is or like, you know, like without having any light because it's dark. <laughs> and then the recreation is in the hands of creator, which is that person who is born. All those faces start appearing by experiences by knowledge by you know years by years by years of like learning and learning and trying and heartbreaks and everything that shapes that personality so the first one the background is black and that very simple line drawing which is white is a very minimal one because the baby is not born yet and maybe there are like few elements in their life that shape that face and then the other one which has colors and has a lot of different faces um, is the story of the life of that person so the creation of creation and recreation both happened by two hands the first one I had my eyes closed because I wanted to think about those moments that the baby resides in a womb and does not have 
any light there. So I wanted to create the first sketches with eyes closed, with two hands, and connect to my soul. And I tried to go back to years ago before I was bored, which was really interesting because towards like <laughs> the experience that I wanted to create for myself, I got so emotional. Obviously, I missed my parents. I thought about so many memories that I had since I remember, because obviously I can't remember the first couple of years, but um, it was a really special uh, creation process for me. Whereas the second one, recreation, was also a special process because I went through all the phases that shaped who I am right now. And I'm sure my life is not <laughs> ending now, <laughs> so there will be so many other phases to be added to like the same concept. It's... I had no idea really like I obviously you sent me your descriptions and we put them on the, the piece and so I understood a bit more about it but now that you've explained it like that like it just changes for me entirely it's so so incredible um can I ask about the colors so on recreation you've used this beautiful blend of like almost like a magenta type pink and then they blend into an orange and into a yellow and I'm just thinking now that I know, understand a little bit more about how you create and about your synesthesia, like I would love to understand why the choice of colors, like so now suddenly choice of color when I consider your work means so much more to me. Give me some context into like the colors that you chose and the way that you, you did that part of the second piece. Sure. Um, so first of all, both pieces were created while I was listening to the music that was played at the beginning of the space. Um, I really love that soundtrack um, and I, I love piano like piano brings the most beautiful emotions in me I just love listening to piano and that soundtrack um, was very nostalgic emotional for me um, and I really wanted to delve into like all those phases that I passed in the past like 30 something years uh, the colors that I chose came from the notes for sure, but not only that, magenta for me is a very holy, beautiful color. Like it's very special because um, it's a color that connects me to the universe and connects me to my soul. And I, I barely use it. I use it in really, really special occasions. So it's not something that you see often in my work. And it has to be something that I'm connected so much to the story to use magenta. Um, because of the story, again, like all these memories that I had, when I sit down and think back about, for example, being in Iran as a kid, having the best life with my cousins and beautiful days, just happiness, just like fun, games. And then... Uh, at some age, I wanted to travel around the world and I really tried hard for that. Like all of those, they bring me a really beautiful mixed feelings. I can't say it's just a happy feeling. It's a mix of like, uh, it's a, it's a um, happy at the same time, like sad feeling because thinking about what I achieved since I was a kid makes me really excited about my journey. But at the same time, I had to sacrifice a lot of things in order to be where I am right now. And those, like these two feelings for me are usually magenta. It's a very, as I said, special color for me. 
Whereas orange is excitement, is always excitement for me. There are some people that their voices are orange because they have really exciting voices. And it's adventure, it's light, it's closer to the sun. Um, it always brings beautiful feelings out of me. So I wanted to have magenta and orange and a little bit of like yellow touch as well, because yellow for me is also very special. Yellow is just pure light, pure light. Like it's only... I use it only when I feel like there is hope out of darkness. So the whole background, which is black, is still darkness because I usually look at life in two ways. I love life. I'm super optimistic about like everything in this life, but also I see obstacles. I see a lot of darkness in that. So the background is dark, but out of all these dark moments, days, wars, ups and downs, obstacles, there is hope. And we can always find that it doesn't matter where we are. Like hope is always there. And it's the only element that brought me to where I am right now. So hope is definitely orange here and excitement and adventure. And the lines that are white as well, I found out that in every dark situation, again, you see light, you see something that keeps you moving otherwise we can always complain about everything we can just sit down and say oh life is bad the world is crazy it's so easy to complain but it's hard to find that light and lines that are like white and clean and light again find them out and you know bring them to this world i hope i could answer it yeah <laughs> wow question. it's just it's just a, such a different way now of me considering your work and maybe considering the work of like 5% of the population, right? Who maybe don't even know why they made the choice. Like it's insane. It's so cool. I, I love it. And I'm so grateful for you taking the time to talk about it so intricately and with such passion because it really opens my eyes a bit to, to something that I had no idea about. I'm curious, what colors my voice, Perrin? Your voice is navy. Is it like, ah. it's beautiful. It's not necessarily <laughs> like, light blue but sometimes does have light blue but it's a very elegant navy <laughs> oh thank you i think that's wonderful <laughs> um okay look this is uh fantastic so folks um i urge you to go over to open scene now drop into the drops section um, it will be featured on the homepage banner but uh i'm trying to get through to the open sea folks and they are just augmenting the site a little bit so that will happen very shortly. Right now, you can go to Drops and you can see Creation, which is a stunning piece. You can mint that immediately. And then if you hold that and you also hold an Audio Gallery's Mint Pass, you will be airdropped Recreation, which is equally as stunning. And now we understand the colors behind it. Perrin, I would love to know about your plans for the future. Like we understand where you came from and we've talked about your past and your inspirations, but I'm I'm really, really eager to learn a, a little bit more about your, you say you're an optimist, which is what this going to make this a bit better. <laughs> Tell me about your plans for the future. Tell me what you see in the space. Tell me what you see for your artwork and what you, what you want to achieve. Sure. Um, I have two parallel plans, one for life out of art and one for art itself. And I would love to talk about both of them. Um, one of the reasons that I really love the NFT space is because how art and technology meet. And also the, the factor of like decentralization of that, it makes me very excited and uh, optimistic about the whole future of art. 
because as artists, we all know what usually artists in traditional art world go through in order to be seen, in order to even have their pieces uh, displayed at a gallery. It's not easy. But NFT space obviously brought a lot of hope to every single individual and also a lot of new mediums uh, have been created thanks to the technology of blockchain. So every single thing about this space makes me really excited and hopeful about the future. And for myself, I would love to add more technology to my art. Um, it's I don't say it's it's not enough to only be a painter, but I feel like I can still use so many other mediums as well to bring these paintings to life and also to have them immortal on the blockchain, to like change the metadata, all sort of things that I can be creative about. So that makes me very excited. And uh, the other plan that I have is, um, I barely talk about it, but uh, since I was very, very little, I really wanted to um, do good in this world. Like no matter what, no matter like what, what job I, I wanted to have, I wanted to help people because I come from a country that wealth is there, but at the same time, there are some parts of that country that unfortunately do not have enough access to wealth or education or good life in general. So it always made me feel bad to have all those access to things while someone from the same country could not have it. Um, I started helping... um, some nonprofits back in Iran to build schools and hospitals. And so many of that uh, was possible thanks to the NFT space and my sales. So that's definitely one of my plans to keep doing, to just keep helping all those kids that maybe don't even have drinking water because it's, it might sound crazy, but even in 2023, there are so many countries that kids still do not have access to drinking water and they die daily or they don't have access to education. And I don't honestly see any difference between me and them or anyone with them. And I feel like if I can do something, why not? So that's my plan for out of art world. But also I think thanks to art that I'm creating and thanks to talking about these problems every day to my friends, um, I might be able to even help more and more. That is a wonderful comprehensive answer and i hope that we can help you i hope that we can help you one by supporting your wonderful artwork which obviously generates money uh, that you are able to then put into creating even more wonderful artwork but also into helping um people all over the world i think it's a really really noble cause i hear so much about that in the space now people are really starting to explore how now that they have this platform, they're able to use it for good. And it's just such a wonderful thing to hear. Thank you so much. I will come back with some final thoughts in a minute. Uh, and I bet you didn't expect this, Perrin, but we're going to invite Tamika up uh, and Miss Maya if she would like to join. But we would love to hear a little bit more as a timepieces artist, obviously, about some of the things that time are working on at the moment that they would include in their time hall. Um, and then, Perrin, I'll come back to you before we close up. But I just want to say, right now this has been one of the coolest most eye-opening uh conversations i've had so far but based on how uh exciting your practice is like to me i find it really fascinating so i really appreciate you coming up and sharing it 
I also just want to add that the wonderful people at OpenSea have now adjusted the site. And so the homepage banner shows being by Perrin. And uh, you can all head over there now, take a look at this wonderful artwork and potentially pick one up. Okay, Tamika, how you doing? I'm good. I uh, was just laughing because I sent you a message on Slack. And I saw. I, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I don't see the colors that Perrin sees, but when she says a color for a specific person or a sound or a voice, my brain is like, that makes so much sense. Like... Well, well, I love navy as well. <laughs> I, I often wear navy. It's my, I think it's the color that really complements my uh, complexion the best. So, I, I, and it matches your voice. Like, <laughs> there your, you are. your voice being navy, I immediately I was like, yes, that is it. <laughs> um, love it. So I love hearing a parent talk because I'm, I'm, I'm like, man, I wish I could see it, but everything she says just clicks. Tamika, um, um I, I just want to say before we get going, like we have got maybe a couple of other little activations that we've got to do down the line. But um, this obviously with series one concluding next week in its like true form, um, this essentially means that Perrin represents the uh, last of the timepieces activations during the, the, the main series. I'm giving away a bit much here, I think. But I just wanted to say how grateful I am for your support um, and how much we've enjoyed working on this particular series and with this collection of artists. It has been amazing to have these discussions and get such like a breadth of understanding about how the different creators in the space go about doing what they're doing. And you guys have played such an important role in, in helping us get set up and having these wonderful conversations. So thank you to you. Thank you to Maya. Thank you to the timepieces community and council and all of the you know all of the people who have contributed along the way absolutely thank you um and thank you for collaborating with us this has been an incredible incredible partnership um what you've done for artists in the space has been incredible um and we over at timepieces one of our missions is to support artists by uplifting them um, and really giving them the opportunity to showcase their talents and be seen for everything that they are. So um, we absolutely appreciate your partnership and being able to do so. Love um, it. But I won't take I, too long. Yeah, I'll <laughs> let you get on. So so tell us what's been going on in the world of time for a moment. Yeah. So yesterday, Timepieces released our fifth weekly newsletter, which includes open calls, jobs, fundraising drops, and for the first time yesterday, internships um, that are going really, really fast. So if you have not yet checked out our weekly newsletter, um, Statuette Armad has been incredible in comprising all of this information into one place um, so that folks can capitalize on the many opportunities that exist in the Web3 space. Um, a lot of the time folks think that Web3 is dead, but it is not. There's so much opportunity out there. So many people are hiring um, and so many projects are building. So definitely take a look at our newsletter. Um, and if you do find something through our newsletter, an opportunity that works for you, um, or you get a job or an internship, please let us know because we want to celebrate you and we want to celebrate um, that our newsletter was able to do that for you. Um, so we are really excited about that. Um, and then of course, upcoming programming. Uh, we are back this evening with the newest episode of The Alpha um, at 5 p.m. Eastern on Timepieces X 
Black Spaces. Uh, your hosts, Shira, Manushka, and Brian, will be talking about the White House's latest executive order around AI. Um, they have a slew of incredible guests who will be joining to be able to discuss this and to really decipher what this means for not only us in the space, but for AI technology as a whole. Um, so definitely be sure to join the conversation um, because that will be an incredible episode. Um, the content lineup for the Real Good News show, which happens every Monday morning right here on, well, not here because we're on audio galleries, <laughs> but on Time Pieces X Spaces um, with host Rachel Wilkins is absolutely incredible this month. Um, this upcoming Monday, Rachel will be interviewing guest Sarah Bowman. Um, so definitely be sure to tune in for that as well. And of course, keep an eye out for all of the timepieces updates on our feed um, throughout the weekend, we will be highlighting all of the incredible, incredible collectors who have collected Perrin's newest pieces. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that as well. Your favorite collector might might end up uh, being honored on our feed for their incredible connection to Perrin. So. Keep an eye out on the timepieces feed. We have so much programming, so much community, so much happening over the next few weeks and days. Um, and that'll be a great place for you to be. And that's all I've got. Tamika, we should have been doing this the whole time. That was a great <laughs> update. It was lovely. And uh, we love what you guys do at time. And uh, really, really interested to play back that show regarding this White House order. I know that Mr. Musk is meeting with uh, the the man in charge at the UK in the UK, Richie Sunak, to talk oh. about uh, yeah to talk about AI, and uh, they've got this big summit coming up. So really, really exciting. Like you know how how the ethics conversation is going to develop alongside just the sheer kind of like mind blowing progress that AI is making is really interesting. Absolutely. Um, and if you do decide, if you do end up brushing shoulders with uh, Mr. Musk, um, <laughs> you, you might want to also ask him a little bit of feedback on his thoughts on NFTs because he's had a lot to talk Ugh, about this week. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Ah, well, you know, you can't win them all. Anyway, um, Tamika, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Perrin, how are you doing? Doing great, especially after hearing Tamika's lovely voice. What color <laughs> is really Tamika? Well. So for Tamika, <laughs> it's purple and orange. And it's uh, very interesting because, again, as I said, orange is always excitement and laughter. And she always smiles when she speaks. I love that. That makes so much sense. That made my whole day. <laughs> <laughs> that made my whole day. <laughs> love it. There you go, Tamika. You know where you're at. Um, I have a question for you, Perrin. Um, and it's the last one. And then I'm going to invite uh, Studio Payment to come up, who I know is a friend and also fellow creative. Um, but uh, Perrin, when you... So sometimes I see that you have recreated uh, like a, a picture. I, I'm thinking specifically about Keith, right? Who, former um, chief exec or... See, I can't remember. I think it is chief exec um, at Time Pieces and now at MoonPay. His PFP is your interpretation of him, right? Um, when you go about doing that, are, are you are you are you conscious of like how you take on a picture of somebody and create it in your style, or is it just does it just flow out of you like anything you would draw? So it's a great question. Um, usually when I don't know people's faces, so I created this collection like three years ago, two and a half years ago at the beginning of the NFT space when I was only on Clubhouse. And when I say only, I did have no life out of Clubhouse, like 24-7 on Clubhouse. And people here, Chris is here, I think he remembers those days as well. 
every single moment like second we were in clubhouse and i kept hearing people's voices and according to their voices i uh imagined their faces and drew their faces so so many of them found themselves in the collection it was actually find your face the name of the collection uh and so many others as well i saw their photos before on their instagram or on twitter so i couldn't really be creative because i knew how they looked like so um how it worked was the ones that i knew their faces i still used my own style obviously and still try to um use the flow of the lines according their voices and their characters so there are certain people that they have really strong characters right like their personality is like obviously different from others and the lines that are used for them are usually very firm and the ones that they have like a uh, softer personalities or like they're like um, quite different from like the, the first group uh, the flow of the lines change in case uh, like in that specific example obviously I knew his face I knew exactly how he looked like but I still tried to create something according Keith so Apart from the fact that Keith is one of the strongest people that I know, like super, super impressive and inspiring, but also his sense of humor, his um, kindness, like he has so many beautiful things in his personality and character that I really admire. And those lines that are used were quite like soft and uh, like the flow is not, um, how can I say, like it's not really strong because... I also really like that part of his personality. So if I can ask, I, I don't know if I could answer it well or not, but... I get it. I, I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing. I love hearing about the way you create. I could listen to it all day. Unfortunately, I can't. Um, I've just been given by a security guard a five-minute warning that I've got to leave this premises. So we've got five minutes left, and I absolutely have to invite... Uh, studio payment to come up and uh, he is just dropped so let me add as a speaker because I know you guys are acquainted and I'd love to hear his question GM GM sorry I got drugged uh, no worries that's how it goes how you doing time. good great I love hearing Parin Jun speak um, you know and you do such an amazing job at asking questions always Ben so just wanted to come up here Parin Jun is like a she spoke about it like from Clubhouse days. She's, I've been a fan since the day when I met her and heard her story and saw her beautiful art. Um, and just had to come up here and give her my flowers, as we used to say in Clubhouse. Well-deserved. These two pieces look amazing. When she was describing the, the, the way she was creating the first piece that... Uh, you know, that reminded me of what Dr. Wayne Dyer says. That's when we are in the womb, we trust that our nose is going to be grown in nine months. We're going to have fingers. We're going to have lips. So we let go and we trust. And then when we are born, the ego takes over. And the way he says it is edging God out because we want to take control of everything. And that just... I don't know, the way you mentioned the, the process of what you were thinking, I just brought that to my mind, so I wanted to share that also. Thank you, Ben, for having That's me That's a wonderful on stage. quote. 
Yeah, thank you. Oh, Paimon, uh, thank you so congratulations, much. Congratulations, Paimon. Love you. Like a sister. <laughs> thank you, Paimon. Perrin, we have to go. I don't know if there's anything you want to add finally to, uh, to before we leave. I'm so sorry to cut it off, although we are past the hour mark, so I have officially done what I needed to do, but this was a really beautiful conversation. Are you good? Yes, thank you so much, Paimon, for your kind words. And thank you so much, Ben, for making this happen. It was so it is such an incredible experience to you know do this drop with you with timepieces with OpenSea audio galleries. It's just it just brings me a huge smile. Thank you everyone for collecting. Can't wait to see like in the in the next 72 hours where the collection goes, but I'm very excited for that. And thanks so much for your incredible questions. I love them. Enjoy them so much. Thank you so much. Tamika, have a good one. Thank you for coming up and giving us the time side of things. Sabrina, awesome. The guys behind Rug really, really appreciate you. Payman, thank you so much for coming up and uh, and speaking. Okay, guys, that's it. We've got one episode left. It happens next week. It is with the incredible Dirty Robot, the man behind uh, Renga, along with other awesome collections and a beautiful, beautiful creator. I'm really, really looking forward to that episode. Like I was looking forward to this episode today. Didn't disappoint. Can't wait to turn this into a podcast and listen back. Perrin, I'm a huge fan. I love your work. It's been an awesome experience interviewing you, but also just a on, an honor to to collaborate and to to do this job with you. Thank you so much for allowing us to work with you on it. I really appreciate everybody for coming out and listening today. I'm going to play another track that Perrin has sent over to me. Appreciate you all. Have a wonderful day. GM. Goodbye, everyone. This is Audio Galleries. Conversation.